we magnify you, Lord Jesus. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You are a wonderful counselor. We thank you for your presence. We bless your name. Thank you for your refreshing that comes from you. We honor you tonight. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just take your seats, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, if you have your Bibles, just go with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I'm going to read one verse of scripture there, and uh, we're just going to take off for tonight. We began on Sunday talking about Jesus Christ bringing the bread of life. <laughs> John 17 verse 3 says, and this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, in John 10 10, Jesus says, The thief come not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but that I am come that you may have life and to have it more abundantly. And we know he's speaking of eternal life, which is a quality of living. So, here in John 17, verse 3, the Bible defines for us what eternal life is all about. Eternal life is about knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. I'm so convinced that our lives can only be enhanced to the degree that we come to know Jesus. And I want to talk about knowing Jesus again. Remember, I'm not talking about just being born again. I'm talking about intimately pressing in to know him. There is a place where we can hear God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, on a day-by-day-by-day-by-day basis. And as believers, we should not settle for anything less than that, unless the word of God is not true. The Bible says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. It isn't a heard it, it's a hear. That word here in the, in the Greek is a present continuous, which means hearing him on a daily, actually moment-by-moment moment basis. So the challenge for me personally, the personal challenge for me is, why will anything happen in my life that I don't know about it? And Jesus said to us, he said, listen, I no longer call you servants. He said, but you're my friends. And he not defined what makes us his friend. He said, because anything that's going on, anything that I know from the Father, I'm going to tell you. Have you guys ever read that scripture? So we see that it's never God's intention that we're in the dark. Unless he is in the dark. And we know that that's not the case. It can never be God's intention that a Christian is without direction, without clarity, don't know what's going on. In fact, God says in the book of Amos, he said, I will do nothing except I first reveal it to my servants, the prophets. He will do absolutely what? Nothing. Except he first reveal it. You know what I like about scriptures? I like the harmony. In other words, you cannot just find one scripture and say, okay, God said this, I can't find any other precedence. 
that God said something and that thing stands alone and you cannot find any other confirmation in the Bible? I don't know about that. I've not found one yet. He said, I will not do a thing except first I first reveal it. Just to myself and the prophet. And so we read Genesis 18. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so we read in Genesis 18, there was an impending doom in Sodom and Gomorrah. Who did God, God, God talk to? My friend Abraham. My friend Abraham. Not only is he, is he God's friend, when Abraham was with Abimelech, God says Abraham is a prophet. So God could not do anything in Sodom until he first went and what? Confide with his friend Abraham. Why is God not talk, talking to us like that today? Or is he talking to us and we're not listening? Or is he talking to us we just know, don't know? Our frequency is not tuned to his transmitter. To his, what, 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 okay, where do you turn it to? Is it frequency? <laughs> we are not tuned to his frequency. <laughs> we are on a different frequency. So this is the reason why what we are talking about from last Sunday and we're going to be talking about all year is so critical. I don't want you and I to just live a life and just be so tuned to the earthly things and we miss the eternal and heavenly things. That's really where it's at. Because when you connect with heaven, the earth is just a tiny speck compared to heaven. And I'm telling you, it's available. And it's God's desire to, 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 to give us, to show us, to reveal to us, to guide us. Now, it will only happen, though, to the degree that you and I are hungry for it. That's one of the most important things prayer do. It changes us. Prayer will not change God. God is not going to, you know, God is not going to be God today and be something else tomorrow. God is a constant. You and I are the variables that need to change. We need to change onto his frequency. Prayer helps us to be that and to do that. Prayer allows and helps you and I to, to, to believe and, and to have the mind of God, to be able to think like God and see like God. So this is life eternal, that we may get to know him, the only true one, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Now, let me just throw this out tonight. The very first attribute of Jesus, we're well not attribute, introduction, ID, that we studied or we are studying, is the one from John chapter 6 where it says, I'm the bread of life. So the question is, Jesus, who are you? So he's answered that question by telling us what he is. And the reason he's showing us those things and he's telling us those, giving us those answers, because when we know who he is, then we'll know what it can be to us. Do you follow what I'm saying? When we know who he is, it helps us to know what he, Jesus, can be to us. And I was just thinking after Sunday, there are seven I am sayings of Jesus. He made seven statements where he said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And on and on. Let me, actually, let me read them. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door to the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm the true vine. 
Those are the seven things, seven statements that he made to show us a glimpse, a picture of who he is. Now, what I want us to think about tonight, of all those seven statements, why did he begin by saying, I am the bread of life? That's the very first statement he pulled on us, or he revealed to us. Why do you think he said that first? And not, I am the light, or I'm the door, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the way, I'm the resurrection. I want us to think, I want us to just think together. Because the reason he said that first goes to the underlying factor of what it is to be the bread of life. i just give you a big clue. Why did they say that first? All of you guys are right. You are saying it at the same time. <laughs> I didn't know who listened to you saying it. She said it. Yeah. He wants us to know. Listen, what good is light if I'm dead? He's the light of life. Light of the world. That's true. But I have to be alive first to appreciate light. So he says, I am the bread of life, first and foremost, because I'm telling you, when you get me, you live. You live. Everything that has to do with your sustenance is packaged in who I am as that bread of life. That is huge. That's, that's important. That's the first thing he said. Because first things first. And Jesus did not just waste words. He, did, he, just, he, he said what he meant and he meant exactly what he said. I am the bread of life. Now, let's go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Verse 27. No, 26. Verse 26. John 6, 26, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now, we said on Sunday that there are two aspects of what bread does, or what Jesus meant by being the bread of life. Number one, that through the bread of life, we are physically sustained. This is what he's saying to them here. And secondly, through the bread of life, Jesus being the bread of life, we have eternal life. We have life, spiritually. So he was saying to them, don't spin your wheels so much in trying to Meet the physical needs. Don't make meeting your physical needs your primary purpose. Why? Because they perish. Have you ever seen anybody buried in Mercedes Benz? It's not possible. So you walk, 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 you build a nice house, a mansion, a park, you can be buried in it. It's not possible. Those things perish. And it's interesting when you read further in this passage. They even had the audacity to tell Jesus, I mean, remember, our fathers, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. 
In other words, Jesus, I mean, hey, listen, you, you say, what I was saying to him was, you say you, you're the bread of life. Good. Give us this bread every day. Just like our fathers ate it in the wilderness, produce it again. Every day. This, one, this little thing you did in the wilderness, this one time deal. No, no, no. This, this one, give it to every day. Let's meet you here every day and feed it with us every day. That's what I was saying. So he had to remind them. Number one, what they ate in the wilderness did not come from heaven. Or rather, Moses didn't give it. God gave it. God gave it. And then he reminded them that those guys who ate it, where are they now? They are dead. They are perished. To show them the futility of going after just physical sustenance. Amen? Now, let's read it a little further. Verse 28. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may walk the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I said to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's referring to himself. Verse 34. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. You see, you see what they are looking for? They want that bread always. And the truth is, it's actually available always, but not in the way they were thinking. They wanted it physically always. Verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Now he says two things after. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. So how do we appropriate this bread from heaven? Jesus just answered it. I just read it. How do we, how do we get hold of this bread? Come on, guys. I just read it. Yes. Amen. You've got to come to him. And I haven't come to him. You've got to believe that he can deliver. You've got to believe. So, so going back to what the, the, this dialogue here, first they want to say, show us the works of God. And Jesus said, the work of God should believe. So again, we are, we are back to the same point of believing. So the issue tonight is, what is it that impedes my ability and your ability, ability in being able to believe God as a bread? Because when, when you embrace Jesus as the bread of life spiritually, the need is met physically, automatically. It's a package deal. It's a package deal. There's no way it becomes your bread of life believing that Jesus is your sustenance. There's no way you believe that that you don't see the manifestation in the, in the natural. Amen? You guys have any, you guys, what are you guys thinking about? Yes. Eli, you want to help me tonight? Yeah. <laughs> why, why don't we see these manifestations on a daily basis just the way you have put it? We don't see it on a daily basis because we don't believe it on a daily basis. We're in and out. 
we're in and out. But I can tell you, now, okay, let, let me be careful how I say that. I think there are certain realms for, for, for all of us, okay? Some people may just, they've come to that place and rest in God where when it comes to healing, it's not a problem. They just, they, they can believe God for that, no big deal. Others, it could be money, no matter how insurmountable the issue is, they, they, they have no sleepless night over that. Others, do you understand what I'm saying? So we put it in compartments. But the more we press into God, the more we'll be able to walk in these realms without any problem. Without any problem. I mean, and it's available. And that's why we are doing what we're doing now. Because there's nothing like you hearing Jesus say, don't be afraid, move forward. And you know it. You know you didn't think it. You know you did, you did not conjole it. Jesus spoke it to you. You walk through a firing squad with no fear. But if you did not hear it, and you presume to do that, fear will kill you on the way. Yeah. But there's a place that we can be so God conscious that everything just happens at the speed of a thought. It's true. It's true. Uh, I, I, I don't want to go into some testimonies now. Maybe I can share them on the, on the Sunday. In, in fact, this last Sunday, this last Sunday, something happened in that, in that, in that, in that well, service. We come on Wednesday, we should benefit more than those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Something happened on Sunday during service. Why, was everybody in service on Sunday? I was. Yeah. Oh, okay, the rest of you were aware. Were you guys in the service on Sunday? Okay. If I maybe have my, if I, if I can recall my text. Do you guys remember when NASA came in the door? Yes. And I stopped and said, NASA, come? Yes. Only to find out Pastor Charles was trying to read some show me. Yes. Pastor Charles is NASA Dickett's father. In case you guys, some of you don't know. And he was trying to reach him because as a father, he was burdened that his son was leaving home and he wanted prayer for him. And he had not told me that. I was not aware of it. But the God who saw the father's need. He knew, he knew what the father desired. And the father is away in Virginia. And he logged online at the precise time when this happened. At that same time. Yeah. That's how I knew. He logged on online and he's trying to reach. Am I talking? Okay. Because I didn't know this. He shared this with me. He sent me a text that he's trying to reach some me or Stephon to please get somebody's notice so the boy can be prayed for. But God saw the man's heart, saw the need that he had, and met the need before the man could ever express that need. Thereby, and, and I, no, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I was, I was gonna share this on Sunday morning. So the rest, yeah, but you are here, okay, so. <laughs> I actually told him, I told, so I'm, so I'm sure we pulled the clip. We have it already, everything's ready to go. Yeah, just because you, you guys need to know, see, we stress over things. The enemy wears us out. Yes. 
on stressing over things that God has already taken care of. And that same energy could be devoted towards pursuing God to try to know God and for God to deal with our hearts so that we can be aligned with his purpose. Just because in Virginia, I tried to, oh man, I want my son, you know, I, I know he's leaving home for the first time. I just want him to be, uh, I want him to be prayed for. Da, 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 da. I didn't know that. I said, they coming in and I stopped. We all prayed for him together. And then I got home, I got a text. It just, it just blew me away. In a good way, because I know that God is well able and capable of doing such things. Yeah, that's who God is. And the way he did that on Sunday morning, that's the same way he wants to do things in your life. We are the ones that uproot the seed from the ground by our unbelief and fear. You literally uproot it. Every time you start, get worrying, you start doubting, you start wondering. When you do that, you are destroying the seed in the ground. Yeah. You You still have a question? We don't, we don't want to miss I what you heard. Ah, share the testimony. I know, I know it's coming, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain my spirit is coming, and I'm seeing it. That's why I'm changing my head. Don't worry. Praise God. Yeah. Yes. Um, I believe everything you said. Yes. Actually. I mean, some things have happened in my life too, even before I asked. But on Sunday, when you were talking about that, and you said that before we ask, God will answer. So I wrote down some things that sometimes, I mean, it, I have my own, I framed it in another way, but I was talking with somebody. So I actually know the answer to my own question. But the other person helped me to frame it or like a backup question to it that uh, somebody has a, house rent to pay. He believes that God will do it and the deadline is approaching and uh, the money is nowhere to be found. What do you do? How will you be patient? I mean, knowing that we should rest in God, we should believe he's the bread of life, everything, everything. But the deadline is today. The, 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 de- the, the deadline does not move. <laughs> the deadline is... <laughs> That's a very real question. Somebody asked me that question maybe last week or maybe even two weeks ago. And the real issue is, oh, are you you going to say something? Okay. There's a scripture in, Paul said, I believe in 1 Corinthians 10, and this is going to take me a little, it's going to take me a few minutes to answer this question. He said, we be many, are one bread. Okay? So he's, talk, he's talking about the collective body of Christ. He said, we are many, but I know that we are one bread. Now, in order to appreciate the question she just asked, not only is Jesus the bread of life, the Bible also says what he is, we are. We are many, but at the end of the day, we are what? One bread. Now, how is bread produced? Pardon me? You, you went one step ahead when you said flour. It doesn't start with flour. It starts with the plant, the crop. Watch this. 
Every loaf of bread you buy in the store is not made from one stock of wheat. There will be, multi, there will be several stalks that will have been harvested, ground to become the flour that's used to make it. Is that not correct? So the, 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 what I'm trying to say to you is, in order to produce bread, even in Jesus saying, I'm the bread of life, he had to be baked in the fire of life. So the rest of God does not eliminate those processes in our lives. No, 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 no. The rest of God does not eliminate the process needful for God to make us what he wants us to be. So, my rent is due, and there are some things in my life that need to be some, you know, flour. Can be, you grind it and ground it until it is fine. You don't make bread from a coarse flour. It's what? Fine flour. So, so, so the idea here there, there is there may be still be some things that God is trying to teach me, show me, guide me in, make in me. Paul says, I travel in prayer for you until what? Christ be formed in you. Who is he talking to? Believers. They are already believers, Galatian church. But they do not have the image of Christ yet. They have not been totally, they are not manifesting the image of Christ yet. So what does he do? He prays. Remember what prayer does? It's not going to change you, it changes you. So, so what's happened there in that process is, there are some things God has been saying, bank, save money, save money. Don't spend like this. It, doesn't, it does not put it on CNN or on Twitter. It's been dealing with me. But maybe I'm not listening. I'm not doing certain things. And so it, it, it allows things to happen. Those things won't destroy me. But those things will happen to me so that I can change back and say, that is what's going on. And through that process, I begin to learn some things. That's one thing. Other times, it's because God wants that deadline to come because the glory of God cannot be relieved unless there's pressure. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes, sir. My example in Kano Airport, the deliverance didn't come until there was pressure. Yeah. My deliverance was sitting in the room with me. I didn't know him. He didn't, he didn't greet me. I didn't greet him because I don't know who the guy was. And if, if the situation did not get as worse at the garden, I, would, I may never have even known that that was there. Do you understand what I'm saying? But in, that, in, in the last nick of time, the thing showed up. Abraham was on the way to go sacrifice his son. Three days journey. Why did the ram not show up the first day? Or the second day? Because God wanted him to go through the... He didn't want him to just get a quiz. He wanted him to get a test. And to be sure that he would pass the test. He had to have the knife, lay the boy on the, on the, on the altar, and God said, now I know you, you have the intent, the resolve to do so. So now... The, or the, I mean, the examples are bound. The three Hebrew boys. God, deliver us. Our God is able. That's not the problem. But even if he does not. So even if my rent is not paid, does God, does it stop being God? No. This is how easy it was for us to say no here. God does not accept that. What he accepts is you go through it. See, you can say that to me, and I can say, yes, yeah, it sounds good. Good. But th that don't mean jack. When you are in the situation, real time, real trouble, that's when we really know what your testimony is. 
So he will allow those things for us to prove whether the situation is to uh, whether the situation is unto death or if it end in death. In other words, it is always in those fires that is revealed. Nebuchadnezzar did not know the fourth person in the fire until those guys got in the fire. That's when they saw, ah, the fourth person is like the son of God. That would never have happened if they were in the fire. Yep. So, I guess what I'm saying to you is when the rent is not paid, I need to still rejoice. I need to know that God is on the throne. I need to be thankful. Lord God, this rent is not paid, but I have my life. Find something to be thankful for. Yes. The rent is not paid, but I still have life. Tomorrow will come. Weeping me endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. I thank, you tomorrow for, I thank you God for tomorrow because tomorrow brings a new day, a new promise, a new deliverance. That's, this is the hour that we are living in. No one is exempt. No one. None of us. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. I think we, need, we, can, we can just pray. And, yeah. the, the, the courage to start singing when you know that our rent is not there. The courage is maybe what we lack sometimes. The courage to say, okay, I, I don't know where that rent is going to come from. And I begin to sing. The, the, see, because we are in a visually oriented society. We go to McDonald's, you go to Starbucks, the thing comes, you pay, you get it moved. So we are, psych- we are maybe psychologically oriented, wired to expect these things should. Why is it not happening? I've gone after my like tight. And, 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 and I'm, I'm not even supposed to be in this kind of situation. Okay. Let, 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 I hear what you're saying, but let me even challenge that further. Let me challenge that further. We should never wait till then to, to really get the real sense of who God is. If I'm waiting for that time of need, it's too late. You see, the palm tree does not start looking for moisture when it's dry. Do you understand what I'm saying? Ah. The palm tree does not... St- okay, all right, let, let me use another example. Joseph and Egypt. Notice what God did. Seven years of plenty first. Because seven years of, of scarcity is coming. So the plenty preceded the famine. Why? Because it's in the plenty you prepare for the scarcity. So what I'm saying to us is as, as believers, tomorrow when there's no trouble, today when there's no problem, there's no need, everything is fine. Today's when you prepare for tomorrow. Bless you. The decision we're making today in the, in the absence of adversity, in the absence of conflict, is what prepares you for your destiny tomorrow when there's conflict. In the day of conflict, it's too late. Okay, let's use another one. This is a doctor here. This is a doctor here. Vaccination for malaria. Do you take it on the day you catch malaria? No. Oh. oh. The, the, the medicine for malaria, anti-malaria, do you, t- do you wait till you have the flu and start taking it? Why do you take it ahead of time? <laughs> to develop immunity. To, prepare, to, to, to immunize you against the the, 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 the disease or the sickness. That's what we fail to do as believers. Every day, taking in that word of God and appropriate for I believe you, I thank you. 
You are my bread today. Everywhere I go today, you are the, I, I'm manifesting who you are. You saw, every single day, you are inoculating yourself with the word of God. And all the changes you give at the mic, and all the changes that need, adjustments you need to make, you're making them one. We use it. You know, when you're driving a car, you don't turn the steering wheel like this. You run off the road. <laughs> to, to keep on the straight path, one degree movement. One degree movement. That's exactly what we need to be doing. Little by little. Little changes. Little changes. Little changes. Little adjustments. We do that. In one month's time, you are far away from where you used to be. It's not the big things that we must do. But the little, it's the little foxes. That's what in the vine. If I can't believe God for today, well, how can I believe for cancer in two months? Yeah. So it's not just trying to believe God for when things are wrong. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the cheapest way to use faith. You need to believe when things are fine. And trust in that God, you, you made it fine today. I really appreciate you. Thank you for, so much for that. Are you guys understand what I'm saying? When you wait till the, 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 the enemy is knocking on your door, it's almost too late. You have no answer. There's nothing built up. The palm tree gathers the moisture. Months ahead. And when the dry season comes, it has reserve. It can still stand upright. Because there's reserve there that's keeping him. If he's waiting in dry season to get, to get moisture, it's finished. Yes. Pastor, I was just thinking of an example in the scripture of Elijah and um, Gehazi. How that when they were surrounded, the person that was fearful was Gehazi. And that, that just speaks to where Elijah was prior to that time. That when he ran to him, he was, calmly, he was calm. And calmly he told him, they that be for us and more that they that be against us. Revelation at the time of the trouble. Exactly. Yeah. He already knew yeah. from working with God every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said at the beginning, my sheep hear my voice. When you're hearing God's voice on a daily basis, you've, you've, you've cultivated that relationship to where you can hear him daily. When trouble comes, it's not a problem. Yeah. You can speak like David. Yea, though I walk mm. through the valley of shadow, I will fear no evil. Yeah. Why? For thou art with me. How do I know that you were with me yesterday? Amen. That was what helped him during Goliath's time. Give it to Pastor Mary. That was what helped him during Goliath's time. He told, he told King Saul, this uncircumcised Philistine, are you kidding me? When the lion came, where was Goliath? I destroyed the lion. When the bear came, I tore him to pieces. But because of those reference, reference points of what God had done in the past, he knew God would do it again in the future. Jesus Christ the same yesterday to them forevermore. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, I just want to give a a clear illustration that will help somebody this evening. How many of you have ever seen a tree running because there's a storm coming? Hmm. Does a tree run because a storm is coming? A storm is coming. Have you ever seen trees running because there's a storm coming? How many of you have seen it? But have you ever seen the storm running? The, The tree running? No, they, are, they can't run because they are rooted. Amen. They are rooted. Their root is deep. The storm may blow their leaves away. Some of the branches may fall off. 
because they are rooted and they are grounded and their root is deep down, they will grow back their roots, their, their leaves and their branches. That is what God is requiring of us. It Amen. does not matter what we go through. Amen. It does not matter the situation. Be rooted in him. The Bible says that we shall be like a plant that is planted by the water, a tree that is planted by what? Yeah. By the riverside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now bear fruit in due season. Amen. Whatever we do, we prosper. Let Amen. us rest on that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And say this too will soon pass. Amen. Every situation has an expiration date. All of it. Like I was telling my husband, sometimes it's okay as human being. I know sometimes it's easy when somebody is going through stuff. It's easy for another person to say everything is going to be okay, you know. But as a child of God, learn how to speak to your father. Be, be, be real. Father, this is how I feel. Be real. Father, help me. You can cry out. Whatever you have to do, you can cry out to him. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is there Amen. to calm us down. Amen. You know, he, maybe at that process, he can just deposit a scripture in your heart that you can hold on to Amen. that will help you go through whatever you are going through. Amen. There's always the other side. David said, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will fear no evil. Let us have the attitude of not being afraid of the situation that we face. Because situation has expiration dates. But we will triumph because greater is he that is in us than what we face in life. Hallelujah. Amen. Very good. Very, very true. Very good. And those trees will lose their leaves, may lose a few plants. But guess what happened? It grows back. It grows back. Because they are not uprooted. Never. That's why the Bible describes a believer as a palm in many, many scriptures. You will bend, but you will not break. You will not break in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our faith. Let's just trust God tonight to give us the faith where Allah actually has given us the faith, to give us the grace to activate the faith of God as in us. Amen. Sometimes this thing becomes hard for us because we're trying to live by our own faith. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He said, yet not I. He said, but the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. So the faith that you and I should be living of is the faith of the Son of God. So let me ask you a question. Is there any situation that, for which Jesus is afraid? No. no. So when fear comes, as a natural human being, we may, be, yeah, we may have trepidation, we may be afraid, but we say, you know what? My brother Jesus, my father God, he conquered fear. Amen. By his faith in me, I overcome the situation. Don't try to put it on yourself. Put it on yourself, you will fail, you will break. Put it on him. Put it on him. My father, my God has overcome this fear. And therefore, in Jesus' name, I overcome it. I overcome it. Let's begin to trust God on a daily basis. On a daily basis. With the little things. Your children, your car, your house, your carpet, your friends. Little things. Let's start with the little things. Little things. And so, Father God... We take your prayer at heart tonight in John 17, verse 3. He said, this is eternal life. That we may come to know you, the only true God. We have no other one. You are the only true God. 
And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, you want us to know him. And so, Father God, we take your word at it tonight. We receive your word. That Jesus will not just remain elusive, some kind of mental ascent, but that Jesus will become real to us because we invite him to be so. Jesus said in John chapter 6, he said, if we come to him and believe him, then we'll see the manifestation of who he is. And so, Father God, whatever has impeded us from coming, we destroy them tonight. Whatever hindrances has kept us away from your true promise, Father, we, dis- we disavow those things tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every shame and every shackle that has limited us, that will not allow us to walk in a confidence as children of God, my Lord and my God, in the name of Jesus, we cast them aside. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for the liberation that comes in you. Liberty that we have as children of the Most High God, that we come boldly with confidence to your throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find help in our time of need. And so, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for that confidence. We do not allow the enemy to rob us. Thank you, Father God, that we are not walking in doubt. But we believe you, Lord Jesus. We believe you for who you are. And we are thanking for who you are. The bread of life, the sustainer of the universe. We welcome you. We bless you, Lord Jesus. On a day-to-day-to-day basis, Lord, we want to invest in our relationship. We want to invest and nurture the opportunity to know you, to grow in you. In the name of Jesus. Like Paul prayed for the Galatian church. He said he prays that Christ be formed in them. Father God, we thank you for the formation of the Christ man in every life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. That this year, we will make progress. We will make progress in our relationship with you in the name of Jesus. We will make progress in our intimacy with you, Father, in Jesus' name. Unstop our ears, Father God, in Jesus' name. We want to hear your voice. That is your promise. You said your sheep hear your voice. And that the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. And so, Father God, we cancel all other voices. Voices that come not from heaven, voices that are sent to confuse us, we cancel them, Lord God, tonight. In the name of Jesus, we hear your voice, we hear it accurately, we thank you for your voice guiding us, leading us in the name of Jesus. We bless your name for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you are teaching us about who you are and guiding us by your spirit. Thank you that your word is a lamp under our feet. A light unto our path. The entrance of your word, it gives us light. It gives us revelation. It gives us illumination. We receive light tonight. We bless your name, brother God. Thank you, Lord. We will not settle for less. 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 Thank you that your testimonies will abound among us. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the testimonies you are, you are working on, you are making right now. Even right now, tonight. Even those testimonies right now. In the name of Jesus. We receive them, Lord. We thank you for the manifestation. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, God. We thank you because you see our need. And you meet those needs before we ever even know we'll have a need. That's who you are. That's your name. Jehovah Jireh. That's who you are. And so, Father God, we thank you for the manifestation of your goodness in the land of the living. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you tonight. We bless your name. The bread of life. We partake of you. We are filled with you. We are sustained by you. We are blessed by you. We are established by you. We are rooted by you. 
Thank you, Lord God. We'll bless you. We'll praise your name, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.